0: remember January the 13th, 2012? There was a great tragedy, tragedy, a tragedy in the Mediterranean Sea just off the coast of Italy. During that time, there was a huge cruise ship by the name of Costa Concordia. Costa Concordia was a ship that held 4,000 people. And those 4,000 people were on a cruise, and honestly, how many have been on cruises? You've been on a cruise ship? All right, several of you, you know what we're talking about. It's a great big cruise liner. And uh, the captain brought the ship too close to shore, and the ship actually hit rocks and capsized. And there were a total of 32 people that died, two Americans, their bodies were never found, and uh, those 4,000 people escaped, most of them except the 32. But it was a tragic, tragic year. The captain was found guilty and uh, of manslaughter, and uh, he is in jail for 16 years. He is in jail to this very day as well. The ship was totally destroyed, and they had to actually cut the thing up. Well, did you know that just a few miles from there, there was another shipwreck that is recorded in the book of Acts, another shipwreck it wasn't as big because it was a long time ago it was a shipwreck that held the apostle Paul in Acts chapter 28 and that's where we're turning this morning Acts chapter 28 records the history of this shipwreck a smaller boat to be sure a merchant cargo ship holding 276 people and it wrecked as well on the shores. And the people will all been able, were all able to escape. Now, the Mediterranean Sea is the largest inland sea in the world. It's the world's largest. It's 2,400 miles long, and it's, that's nautical miles, and then 1,000 nautical miles wide. It's almost three miles deep in some places. An ancient civilization, whoever controlled the Mediterranean, controlled the world of that day. And this morning, we're looking at Acts chapter 28. In Acts chapter 28, we have the conclusion of this terrible disaster at sea. But in this disaster of sea, we find out that the Apostle Paul and 276 of his fellow passengers survived. Chapter 28 of the book of Acts, we're reading, Now when they had escaped... Now, that means that the ship had wrecked, and the ship had broke to pieces. But the Apostle Paul, in chapter 27, had promised them, if they would believe him, that not one of them would die. And this was a terrible storm. The storm was called, uh, you're, you're sliding, and uh, this meant simply a typhoon. Typhoon, where there's an eye in the middle, and just going around in circles and they were 14 days in this typhoon. 14 days without eating, without drinking. It was a horrible, horrible experience that you can just possibly imagine. The lowest wind to keep a typhoon going would be 74 miles an hour. So the wind for 14 days was blowing at 74 miles an hour or more. So escape is a good word. And when they had escaped, they found out that the island where they landed Was in Malta. Now that's just south of Italy, where this other ship destroyed itself on the shores as well. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all feel welcome after going through this traumatic experience because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, And laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does now allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and they thought he was a god, which of course he told them quickly that he was not. Now you can imagine this tremendous event that took place on the shores of Malta. The people that lived on Malta undoubtedly were coming along the shore. They had heard that this ship was coming in and it was crashing against the shoals. And it was falling apart. I mean, just pieces of it were just falling apart, this big wooden ship. And these native people, they were Phoenician people, these native people were going out into the water and grabbing the people and helping them get ashore. All the swimmers came in first. All those that were not swimmers, they got on boards and they floated in. And when they did a head count, sure enough, 276 people had made it safely ashore, which is exactly what the Apostle Paul had said back in chapter 27. He said, but if you will follow after me and listen to what my God has said to me, you will not die. And the people believed him. And as a result of that, 276 people were saved just on the coastline of Italy. Now, this storm was a horrible, horrible storm. It is actually listed in history as one of a traumatic storm because it lasted for 14 days at 336 hours at sea in a storm, going in circles, the wind never blowing less than 74 miles an hour and yet all of these people dramatically were saved and every one of them had the opportunity then to be on shore here at Malta. Now during this time the Roman Empire had lots of merchant ships. These merchant ships about 1,200 of them these merchant ships which Paul was on would carry about 600 tons and these merchant ships were not made for cruising. In fact, if you came on a ship, you didn't even have a room. There were no rooms available. You'd bring along your own uh, bed, you'd bring along a little tent, and you'd sleep on top of the ship. So all the visitors, all the people that were on that ship, were out and exposed in this weather through this whole time. And it was dark all the time, and navigation was by the stars you don't navigate when there's a storm because you don't see the stars it was a horrible horrible event In acts chapter 26 and 27 and 28 we have the developing story of the apostle paul ministering to these people there on that island and this morning as we look at the event i want to see three specific things that apply to our lives First of all, there is a basic attitude in verse 3. Well, you'll notice in verse 3, the Bible says, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks. Now, when you read the Bible, many times you can read something and you just keep on reading, and you don't stop to think about it, what it's actually saying. There were 276 people on shore. They're all cold. They're all wet. They're all in trauma this has been a horrible event there are all the Phoenicians they're around as well they live there but who is it that the Bible says is picking up sticks ladies and gentlemen it is the Apostle Paul it is the man who studied at the feet of Gamaliel it is the man who was on missionary trips around the world for God it was a man that was an Apostle he was a man that was greatly educated. He is a man that led thousands of people and established so many churches throughout all the part of the world that they knew at that time. He's a man that wrote much of the New Testament scripture. And yet the Bible doesn't let us just slip by it. The Bible stops us right in the middle of this horrendous story of this terrible failure of the ship and the crash and everything that went along with it. And he's out there picking up sticks and bringing back sticks for the fire. Now, they had to be fearful of hypothermia. Hypothermia is when you get wet and cold and your core body temperature begins to drop. Read the passage. The Bible says they were all wet and it was very cold. The importance of this fire was great to keep people from dying from hypothermia. And so the Apostle Paul, the Bible says, is the one that's down there picking up sticks. Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. The first thing that I want to talk about is that this is a basic attitude of humility. This was not a beach party party except that they were all excited that they were alive but they had been terrified the sailors were terrified and they were all undoubtedly around this fire and they're all talking about how they got off the ship and how they were able to finally get to the place where they were on shore and the people that grabbed them and pulled them in but who is picking up sticks It's the Apostle Paul showing great humility. He was not too big to pick up sticks. He was a man of God who was humble before God. You want to know why? Because he never got over the Damascus Road experience. He never got over becoming a Christian. He never got over the voice of the Lord that spoke to him there on the road to Damascus. And he became a believer. And as a result of that, he accepted all the teachings of the pages of the Word of God, including the responsibility of all of us to be humble saints before the Lord. The basis of all sin is pride. If you don't think that's true, ask Adam and Eve. Ask Adam and Eve, Change all of history. In fact, ask Satan. His pride led him out of heaven and he fell from heaven. Pride is the basis of almost all sins can take their, their anchor back to the place of being a proud person and walking around. In fact, the Bible calls it seven of the terrible and awful sins. But here we find a beautiful picture. Oh, I, I wish I was an artist. I can't even draw stick figures that look like people, you know. But if I was an artist, I'd like to have a canvas And I'd like to paint a picture of all those people up on that hillside. And they are all trying to get warm. And down here, off the hill, in the woods, is the Apostle Paul, servant of God and he's pulling the weeds up and the sticks up and getting stuff that will burn and trying to lug it back to the fire. He was not bringing just a few sticks. He was bringing a huge load, to be sure. This man had promised the people on that boat, if you follow after me and do as I shall tell you, my God says you're all going to arrive safely. This man of God demonstrates for us in vivid color the importance of being a humble kind of guy, a humble kind of lady, a humble kind of person, willing to do whatever God wants us to do because of our humility. How rare are the fruit of humility? Jonathan Edwards once said, humility will set a soul so out of reach of the devil's reach. So far out of the devil's reach reach pride will not but certainly humility would humility is that where we turn all of our expectations over to god expecting nothing from god and just being pleased as god gives it to us winston churchill many years ago was speaking to a large group of people one man came up to him before he went on the platform and he said mr churchill you must be thrilled you must be absolutely thrilled to have this big crowd of people here He says, well, it is a bit flattering until I remember that if it was the hanging of Winston Churchill, there'd be double the crowd. So I guess he began to realize and understand the importance of humility. Oswald Chamber says before he preaches, one of the first thing he would do is ask God, oh God, drench me in humility. Help me to be a humble kind of person. So there's this basic attitude that Paul is picturing for just in that little phrase. And Paul picked up sticks. Not only is it a basic attitude, but secondly, it's a beneficial example. We're told about the humility of our Lord in Philippians chapter 2. How he gave up all things. We're told in the pages of the word of God that we're not to think of ourselves higher than we ought. We're told in the pages of the word of God that we're not to praise ourselves, but allow others to praise us. We're told in the pages of the word of God that we're to stand humbly before our God. Ladies and gentlemen, suppose we took a vote today. No, we're not going to do it. But suppose we took a vote today, and your name was on the ballot. And at the bottom of the ballot, it says, is he, she, your name, humble, humble? or not humble. How do you suppose the vote would come out today? Do people see you as a humble person willing to serve, do the mundane things, do whatever it is that God wants us to do and be used of God in that way? Now let me talk to you about the Apostle Paul what kind of a guy he was. You know three times in the Bible three times in the Bible Paul speaks about him being the lowest of lows you need not turn there, but just listen to these verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 9. The Apostle Paul was speaking. He said, I am the least of the apostles. So a small group of people, all the apostles. And Paul says, I'm the least of all of them. Secondly, found in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. The Apostle Paul said, I am the very least of all the saints. Now that's a bigger group of people. First. Apostles, secondly, of all the saints, all of those that were born again, all of those that were saved, I'm the least of all of them. Then finally, in First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, the Bible says, I am the foremost of all sinners. I am the foremost of all sinners, and that included everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a basic attitude. It's a beneficial example, and it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. A beautiful picture of 276 people being saved. And then the Apostle Paul has the opportunity to share the gospel there on that island. There are a lot of things that we need to do in our Christian lives that are not glamorous. Not everybody gets to be up front. Not everybody gets to have their name in the bulletin. Not everybody has the opportunity to do things that everybody sees. But all of us are to be doing what God has called us to do, and to be faithful in doing it. I was in Jamaica. I was staying with a family a pastor and his family. And out my window, I could look down on the little church, Elizabethtown, Jamaica. I could look down at the little church, and out to the right was a field. Yesterday, there were a whole bunch of cows there. It was six o'clock in the morning. The cows had now been moved to another pasture. There were six Jamaican women. Six of them. Six o'clock in the morning. They all had shovels. And they all had pigs. Because cows were in the pasture. And Vacation Bible School starts this morning. And you can't have kids running through Cahoo. So at six o'clock in the morning, just after the sun had come up, I stood there in absolute disbelief watching these humble servants of God cleaning up cow poop for Jesus. I thought, what an example of tremendous humility. Later on in the day, I saw kids running across that field, playing ball and having a great time. Not one of them knew that at 6 o'clock in the morning six women had been there cleaning the field. Being willing to be a servant. Being willing to do what God has called us to do. And doing whatever needs to be done for his honor and for his glory. Now, I knew I was coming here a few weeks ago. And I wanted to to leave something behind. I wanted to do something. So I thought, spare no expense. Men, if you'll get ready in the back, please. I wanted to spare no expense whatsoever. And so I, uh, I got something for you. And I got something for you that you're going to receive in just a moment. I'm actually going to go back and get one right now. Gentlemen, if you will just go ahead and start passing those out, I would appreciate it. And just give me one. Thank you very much. I went to a lot of work to do this. <laughs> I made over 200 sticks. <laughs> and I brought them to you today and these are humble sticks. I know they're humble sticks because I made them. So these are humble sticks. What I'm asking you to do is to take this humble stick, take it all with you, keep it in your Bible, keep it someplace close for at least seven days. And every time you look at this little humble stick, you are reminded of the story of the <coughs> apostle Paul that picked up sticks up stick from Jesus. So once you eat them, then just bring them on down and uh, pass them out. And you can get a big one, you can get a small one, but they're all humble sticks. And if you keep this humble stick with you for seven days, then you can do whatever you want to with it. Keep the humble stick to be reminded that God expects us to stay humble before him and be God's kind of people in our service for the Lord. I think this is one of the greatest pictures in the pages of the Word of God of humility. And as we are humble, then God can pick us up and use us in significant and wonderful ways. There's nothing worse in the work of God than to have an arrogant guy walking around thinking that he has the answer for everyone. Arrogant people who are stuck on themselves, who are so prideful, and yet that pride will bring them down to be sure. You want to be God's kind of servant? God, got to stay humble. I was preaching in Penyan, New York, where I pastored for 10 years. We had an old man come by the name of Pastor Groh. Pastor Groh at that time was 84 years of age. Pastor Groh was there to hear me preach. And I was really honored. I'd only been a pastor now for three or four years, and he had come into the service to hear me preach. After I got through preaching on Sunday morning... He made his way back to the door and as he made his way back to the door he grabbed me by the hand and with that uh, voice that you could tell was really getting old he couldn't preach anymore brother crandall that was a great message from the word of god but may i say one thing to you i said from you sir of all your years of experience absolutely Stay humble, young man. Stay humble. With that, he withdrew his hand and walked out the door. For the rest of my life, I have tried to continue to remember, not, not succeeding all the time, but I've tried to remember, Pastor Grows encouragement has a wonderful message. Stay humble, young man. Stay humble. As we are humble before God, God can pick us up and use us. Look what happens. Paul picks up sticks. And all of a sudden, he brings the sticks up, throws them on the water, on the fire. And notice that the Bible says that something happened. But he shook off the creature. Well, let's go back to verse 4. So when the native saw the creature, the viper. No, let's go back to verse 3. Now we're backing up. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. I don't know whether when Paul picked up sticks, he got a viper in there. And when he threw it in the fire, the viper came out and bit him. I don't know. I've had one viper experience of my life, and I never want to have it again. I've taken 22 trips to Israel. I love Israel. I love taking people there. I learn something every time. Blessed, blessed thing. But we were walking through one of the parts down near Cesarea. And one of the men we had with us was a pastor. And I need to say that sometimes because he was kind of foolish. A pastor, and he was walking along and saw this snake on the ground. Thinking like he would here in the United States, it's probably a garden snake or something, garden snake, something like that. He grabbed it to be funny. And he threw it. And it hit me in the arm, then bounced over to our guide. Now our guide was a very, very dark-colored man as far as the sun was concerned. I mean, he was dark-complected, but he became absolutely white. What that man did not know is that he would picked up a viper. And if the viper had bit him, or bit me, or bit the guide... We would be dead before they could get us to a hospital. And I'm telling you, I've never had a lecture. He made all of our congregation that was with us, about 40 of us, sit down. And he went up one side of us, and I mean, he was just scared, spitless. I wasn't as scared as I probably should have been because I didn't know how dangerous these vipers were. So that's what we're dealing with. A viper comes out, bites the Apostle Paul. And he just shook it off, and they watched, and nothing happened. Ladies and gentlemen, the wood and the viper have now set Paul up for ministry. The wood and the viper have now set him up for ministry. They thought he was a god. He said, no, I'm not a god, but I want to tell you about my god. And there for the next three months... <clears throat> While they had to stay there waiting for another ship and waiting for winter to get over and the storm season to be done. They weren't going to go out in that storm again. Plus that, they didn't have any way to get home. They didn't have any ship. ship was gone. So for three months, the Apostle Paul preached the word of God. And there were great numbers of people that came to know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. That's the rest of the storm. That's the story of the whole event that God gave the Apostle Paul. Now, this wonderful opportunity because of his humility and willingness to follow after God, now he opened up the door for ministry on Malta, a place that Paul hadn't planned to go. But yet God, in his wisdom, brought him there and took all of these events, brought them together for God's honor and for God's glory. Ladies and gentlemen, let's ask God to keep us humble Let's ask God that we will be holy as Jesus said, I am holy. Let's do four things today. Let's number one, pray, oh God, search me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. If so, let's get that confessed today. Don't walk out of here dragging your sin with you. He's promised to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all around. Don't drag your sin out that door. Take care of it right now. Ask God to forgive your sin. Number two. Pray that God will help you to confess those sins. And know that he has promised that he will forgive us and remove those sins. Step number three, confession. Step number four, a genuine and heartfelt determination to follow after God and be his kind of servant. And really, if you're here and you're not a Christian, the first step to becoming a Christian is to humble yourself. Humble yourself before God and acknowledge the fact that you're a sinner. And if you've never done that today, today would be the greatest day in the world to be able to do that. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, take your humble stick with you. Let it be a reminder of what the Apostle Paul has done for us. When the pastor comes home, you tell him, I have a humble stick. You don't have to explain it to him. Keep it in mystery. I have a humble stick. Do you have a humble stick? Somebody ought to take a humble stick in the back and get one. Give it to the pastor when he gets home. God bless you. And may God help us to be God's kind of people. God's kind of people. We humbly want to serve him for his honor and for his glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Yeah. God bless you.